you've been successful. Um, when you go out every week after you've hit your goal, do you still have the elation to say, yeah, I, I did it again another week? Or um, is it just kind of expected now? Are you oh, I'm, I'm, I'm elated. <laughs> I'm very elated. I'm, <laughs> I'm very excited. You know, a lot of yahoos going on. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'll call my wife. Sometimes I just stop my car and jump out and <laughs> do the, the shuffle. <laughs> and then get back in and start driving again. Uh, no, it that is something that still excites me today. Plan to fail so you won't. Production will solve all your problems. Some will, some won't. Stop whining, so what? Just hit your weekly production goal. The weekend starts now. Our podcast this week is with Craig Miller. Craig has been in the insurance business for around 10 years. After a few years of struggling to get going, he found his old college buddy, Darren Holovach, was doing quite well. He gave him a call to find out how he's accomplishing this. Craig joined our team and has never looked back. Craig spends as much time as possible with his three children, coaching them in whatever sport they're into. His real love is baseball. As one of our most entertaining agents, you'll enjoy this time we spent together in the studio. Welcome, Craig Miller. A good one. <laughs> What's going on? You're supposed to be, you should be Miller Brewing Company or something like that. Miller time. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Man. How's it going? Wonderful. How are you? Good. Doing well. We, uh, I got a... Tell you this is Tucker. So mm-hmm. um, a lot of times we call people and they're like, "Who is who?" I I thought that was Jim talking the whole time. So, oh, okay, yeah, I know you sounded like now. Now Tucker, I heard you. You've had a couple more kids since I talked to you last. <laughs> Man, it's been a while, hasn't it? About, it has. How about yeah, you? Because I are you still yeah, two? One time I'm like, "Well, how's Tucker doing?" And uh, Vach is like. Oh, yeah, 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 a couple more kids now. <laughs> One more due next month. Oh, man, wow. So. Yeah, it gets uh, the workload getting started. So, You still just have two? Uh, three. You have three? Yeah. Oh, I, I was, know that's that. why See, I was I'm... just going to say, I, I think I worked about 50 days last year after the third one, and after people said, oh, no, that one's easy. Uh, third one's easy. Okay. Uh-huh. Yep. I didn't know that. Well, you're, supposed to, you're only supposed to work 50 days a year in this business. Anyway. <laughs> I know. I know. Of, kind of the goal, yeah. isn't it? Man. Yeah. Who needs any yeah. more abuse than, than one day a week? That's plenty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Plenty. Boom. Hey, let's get started. Why not? Okay. Well, um, <laughs> you, you didn't get the script? You, you didn't it, get the questions? I didn't. Oh, shit. That's too bad. Anyway, here we go. <laughs> Nobody did. All right. No, we're uh, we're just talking about you today. So um, you, I know that you just hate talking about yourself. So um, it, any questions that uh, are off the table that you don't want to talk about? Okay. Are there any? Uh No. I didn't think so. Um, so we're just going to talk about uh, your past, your present, your future, and uh, kind of how you got into doing what you're doing. 
Okay. Fair enough. And there's anything yeah. you don't want to just just say pass. Now, how or... does this work? If if I mess up, can I go back? Sure. Okay. Yeah, you know, okay. this is all being recorded. We can go back and edit it out. So. Okay. Okay. Good. Yeah. Or if there's Very anything good. that you want to pass or you don't have an answer, just say pass, and we'll come back to it or something. Okay. Okay. No, that's fine. Okay. So. Um, we'll start out with something kind of boring, non-consequential, anything like that. Yeah. Okay. And, um, so what'd you have for breakfast? I had a waffle with, uh, all my children today. So I ate the other half that my one-year-old didn't eat. So who made them? My wife made them and let's see. My both my kids had four, Jeez. or the the two oldest kids had four waffles apiece, and the youngest had one. And we don't usually eat waffles. It's kind of one of those Friday things where, hey, here's a treat for you. But you had to have them at school by seven thirty, right? Oh yeah, yeah. So this was at six forty-five. No kidding. My wife had me up whipping waffles up pretty early this morning. Absolutely. Yep. So, um, describe real quick, uh, just what's a typical work week look like for Craig Miller? You know, it's funny because it, it varies. Uh, my wife obviously works off and on with her parents' business that she owns. And so we always kind of plan the week out depending on if she's going to have to go in or not. So if if she's going to need to work no days that week, uh, I'm, I'm open to work any day of the week I, I need to, um, which would usually mean I, I'm going to go out Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday. Um, if my wife needs to be home or, or needs to go out and work and I need to be home, um, I'm going to try to be – obviously at home that week or that day of the week that I need to be. Um, so it, it's, it's always, it's never, it's never constant. It's never the same day of the week I'm going out. Um, it's, it's always up in the air, but we'll, we'll discuss it every, every Sunday. It, it's, it's, Hey, when, when is this happening? What, what are we doing? When can I work? When are you working? Um, it's all I always adjust my schedule kind of to hers that way she, she kind of gets to to take care of her things on what, her days and I take care of my things on my days what does she do she works uh, she, she it's uh, her parents own a about 25 greenhouses so um, and a flower shop, so she goes in and does a little bit of both things. She's she's a florist, and then if she's not busy uh, messing with flowers, she's in and out uh, delivering, you know, plants. Um, they have a tree business now, um, and it's it's just back and forth between those two things that her parents need her help with. So. Um, at, at this point in time, so like it's well, it's April twenty second, am I right? First, twenty first. <laughs> close. close enough. 
I'm close. You got uh, the right month anyway. Yeah. Uh, they're very busy right now uh, setting up retail shops. They've, they've got retail shops in uh, tons of different towns surrounding us, and so they're shipping off flowers and trucks to all these different retail places to, to set up, and, and they need her help to do that. So uh, I, I work very little as you know, as as least as possible now. I, I get about two days in a week now. If you know, on my busy weeks, I get the third day in there. So if if I can, isn't it amazing to have that flexibility in your job, though? Yes, uh, that's what's uh, kept us kept us obviously going uh, throughout the last I don't know ten ten years, I guess. I, I think I started doing this in 2010, January, actually, 2010. And it was always one of those things, well, maybe I'll, okay, I'll just go out this day or these two days or that day. And so, yeah, it's very so, awesome. So if, uh, if you're at a cocktail party or if you're the – you know, three days in a row, you're the rare dad who's picked their kids up from school um, at, you know, three o'clock. And somebody says, hey, Craig, what do you do anyway? How, how do you respond to that? I I'm usually I'm I give them the well, uh, you're talking about if I because I go pick my kids up all the time, right? <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> That's what I thought. Uh, yeah, I I tried. I'm constantly I, – I don't like to get into it. I, I, I just say, you know, I'm, I do insurance, and uh, they're just like, okay. And <laughs> I don't know if they think I we live off Liz's income or not, but uh, – Certainly, we don't because that uh, the, the flower business doesn't generate a ton of income. So it, it it's one of those things where I just try to keep it as passive as I can to let them know, you know, hey, this this is I I, I do insurance. Yep. And I, I, I do work, believe me, uh, every once in a while. So, so uh, tell us the story how you got into it. Uh, I, was, I was already working insurance. I had uh, got my license in February of 2007, and I worked for uh, Globe, Life, uh, United American, uh, the Torchmark Corporation for – about two years, um, I was underneath uh, a manager who we sold primarily Medicare supplements, um, a little bit of life insurance, and then uh, supplemental health insurance. And so uh, that went well for a while until 2008 when Obamacare came in. And everything was going to go away. And so I called Darren Holovach, and I was like, so what is it you do again? <laughs> and uh, he was like, well, I, you know, I sell final expense life insurance. And I, I already knew kind of what he did. I just wanted 
I wanted more information. And he was kind of like, oh, yeah, okay. Well, you know, think about it, whatever. And I was like, no, I, listen, I need to do something. I, I've, I've been in sales for, for years, and I think I can do what you do. I'm, I, I know I'm better than you are <laughs> at it if, if you would just give me a chance. And he was better, like, okay. You're better, looking, you're better looking anyway. <laughs> call, call, he, he gave me Jim Maul's number, and he goes, call Jim Maul, talk to him, make sure that's something you want to do. Called him, got off the phone, went to Salina, uh, rode along with Jim Maul for a day, uh, a very long day, and uh, uh, saw how it worked, and I was just amazed at the amount of people you could see in a day and the amount of voided checks you could get from them in a day. I mean, that that was amazingly hard for me in, in the business that I was in. I mean, I was, I was hopefully to get one voided check in a day at the previous business I was in. And uh, when I saw that, you could do that all in one day or two days, obviously. That's, uh, that just amazed me of so... I was like, yeah, I, I'm in. Um, I had really before I, I got into sales. I'd really in in the previous sales positions I had, I'd really had no training, and uh, I I thought I could sell. I knew I could sell. I I just it was one of those things when I got in here that it the training that was involved and I mean it was was amazing and then real quick uh, how how did you know darren how did that uh, uh college buddy he played uh, him and i both went to uh fort hay state and uh we worked together at a liquor store for five dollars and 25 cents an hour uh part-time at kaiser liquor in hayes kansas so uh we became good friends working there and then from then on I mean, we hung out all the time and played video games a lot when we didn't need to study. And uh, he was your protection at the bars, though, right? Yeah, exactly. Him he and his was football the, buddies. The uh, offensive lineman for the starting offensive lineman for the Fort Hayes State football team. So I was always glad to have him <laughs> if he would come along to the bars with me. So, yeah, uh, good buddy. Just. Good times. <laughs> yeah, the um, the story that I always heard was that uh, Craig Miller was this little string bean who had all these uh, these football buddies, and uh, so that he could uh, he could go to the bars and run his mouth a little bit. But uh, <laughs> I don't know if that's a true story or not. I I usually <laughs> didn't run my mouth very much, but uh, I. I do tend to talk quite a bit. So, <laughs> so uh, if if you weren't selling final expense insurance, what do you think you'd be doing? You know, right now, uh, God, that's a very good question. I would, I would assume I would be in sales in some position with an agricultural company. Uh, I my my major from Fort Hayes's ag business with a emphasis in leadership studies. So I would 
I would probably be there. The, the thing, the reason I didn't go into that was out of college. Uh, those companies weren't offering a, a, for, a, for someone just starting. Uh, they weren't offering a very lucrative income. And so I didn't really want to take it. I thought I could do better. And so I never went into the ag field, but... You do have I, your degree, Craig? You did graduate? I did, yes. Uh, Probably got cer- some awards, too, right? certainly wasn't magnate cumulate, <laughs> but I, I did graduate with a solid uh, little, little over a 2.0 GPA. <laughs> so. And what was your degree in? Ag business. Okay. Um, and I'm sorry I'm bouncing around a little bit, but that right. uh, that day that you rode with Dad, um, there's a quote that he says that from Craig Miller all the time, um, and you might touch on that. But, you know, what was one of the big eye-openers or big things that you realized on that first ride-along? Um, well, the, it was the very first appointment because I was, I was actually a little nervous be, because um, it was uh, – the very first thing, uh, eight, I think it was maybe 8.15 in the morning. I mean, I'm new to this, and I'm like, I could already tell this situation that we were put in was a different one because the husband didn't want to come upstairs to sit in the appointment. It was just the wife. And so the wife wanted the insurance. So we sat down with the wife for about... 20 minutes, I'm guessing, and then the husband finally came up. And so Jim had to start his presentation all the way over again. And I was like, geez, you're going to go back all the way through that? And uh, now I realize why. But uh, I'm like, geez, that's all right. Here we go again. Uh, Started all the way back through the presentation. Now presenting to the husband and wife. And the one thing I remember is the husband says one of his kind of rebuttals to I don't need life insurance, we're, we're good, um, was, well, isn't this one of the things you do, drive around and just sell life insurance all day? And this is one of the reasons he didn't want to come in the room in the first place. And Jim goes, yeah, and I've already driven around today, and now it's time to be the selling part, but if you just give me a couple of minutes here. And they're like, oh, okay. Went through everything again with, with the two of them together, sold both policies, and they were, they were very decent size policy, or I'm guessing a, around $100, $120 a month. Uh, got the check, everything done, and I was just amazed when I got back in and I said, those people would have been stupid not to buy that policy. I mean, the way the way the presentation went. I mean, you you just make them kind of like, oh, okay, here you go, here's here's the, yeah, I get it. It it just all made sense from then on. Why you why you do the presentation? Why you do the things you do? So for you, um, when did it click? At what point um, 
did you, uh, I, I don't want to say stop looking, but when did you say, okay, um, I can do this and this is something that I'm going to be doing for a long time um, because not only am I good at it, but I, I like kind of the lifestyle that it, that it affords me. Uh, it took, it took a while. Um, not, not very long. I, I would say about after it took a, probably a year. Um, I would say, I mean, we never really made a lot of money, uh, Liz or I. I mean, she's a te- she was a teacher when we were in Wichita living, and then we moved back here, and she stopped teaching once we had kids. And so I was sitting at a desk, uh, you know, trying to sell health insurance off of a off of a cold call business list that I that I could pull up off the internet of self employed businesses from the Chamber of Commerce. Commerce. I mean, it's very hard to do that. I, like I will a lot tell of you. fun. That's a great yeah. job. Yeah. Um, I, I, I was getting along doing it. I would assume at that point in time I maybe had anywhere between a whopping 2000 you know, at the, to, to $3,000 sitting in a checking account that was the, uh, the, the most money to my name at that point in time. And I was like, you know, it'll work. It'll work. I'll just keep calling. I'll keep going. I'll work harder. And then, you know, once I started doing this, um, I did kind of go out and spend a lot of money. I spent not a lot of money. I, I think I spent about three, three to $5,000 on leads. And I was like, I got to do this or, you know, there's nothing else, but once I saw the money coming in from it, I realized for a while, is this what I want to do? It it took a year, and my goal was always to have, at that point in time when I was dead broke, I, I was like, ah, if I could just have $10,000 sit in my checking account, I'd be great. It took about a year after after that because after, I had to keep buying leads. I had to keep the income stream going. But after about a year, I finally got up to where after buying leads and stuff, I had over 10000 in my checking account. I remember calling Botch that day. I was sitting in Des Moines, Iowa, going, wow, can't believe it. Finally did it. I, now, now what do I do? <laughs> you know, now where do I go from here? Move the decimal point uh, over. Can I get more? <laughs> you know, uh, I, I was just amazed, and at that point in time, I was like, "That that it took about a year." I, I would say, Tucker, to answer your question, uh, simply. But that's I, through that year. I will tell you, <laughs> it took a lot of running scared. <laughs> was there a, was there a specific time that you can remember where um, you were out selling and? Maybe you weren't having the greatest week or the greatest day, and then uh, you stumble upon somebody who's just ready to, you know, knock it out of the park and write you a check for 150 or 200 bucks a month. Just, just actually, that was just <laughs> two weeks ago. Let's say I, I had one this week. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, and actually, just today, I, I wrote a a lady that was pretty easy. Um, you know, 11 o'clock appointment. She was ready for me. She didn't even answer the door. She just said, come in. 
it was a forty dollar sale, and I was like, oh, okay, you know, made five hundred bucks, move on. Um, but I struggled on my other appointments, and then at five o'clock, I finally ran into a guy, and he's just like, I I didn't even have to really sell it. I was just, oh, um, yeah, I. Here's $185 a month. Uh, I need 10000 or whatever it was. And I made, obviously, a couple thousand dollars there. And I, after that, I was like, okay, now I can breathe. All right, here we go again. Uh, and moved on. Got another one after that. So, But, but from, from 11 to 5, it was like, uh, strike out, strike out, strike out. People not there. Uh, or... Well, I just had a kidney transplant. Oh, great. Okay. No, I don't want that. I already got life insurance. Okay. Okay. Bye. Um, but yeah, it's keep going. Keep seeing the people. You'll eventually run into somebody that needs it. But um, that was just today. Two weeks ago, I had gone out, just bought brand new leads. Um, man. I was excited about them, and I had about eight appointments for a day, and it was four o'clock in the afternoon until I walked away with my first sale. Oh my! <laughs> After going out at you know nine, ten, eleven, twelve, yeah, but I walked away with two hundred dollars a month, and it after that, it turned out to be a seven thousand dollar week. Oh my! So from from four o'clock on. So, yeah, it's interesting how it works. It, you might talk about that because I, I just experienced the same thing uh, about two weeks ago, too. Um, let me go back. Three weeks ago, I, I struggled. I had a hard day, and, and I did kind of the same thing. My first sale was at 2 or 3 in the afternoon, and then after that, the the dominoes started falling. And then uh, the next week, my my 9 a.m. sale was a good you know, 130 bucks a month. And then after that, the, the dominoes started falling, but, uh, kind of explain how, um, there's a, a popular book out that talks about flow state, um, and how once you kind of make that first sale or, or kind of get in the groove, how it makes the, the slide a little slicker and, and you're ready to rock and roll, uh, after you make that, that one sale. Yeah. Um, well, it's funny. Larry Trimble always says, well, it's always nice to make that first sale, but um, it, it it's nice on, on the flip side to say, well, I'm in a position now where I, even if I don't kind of make a sale, I'm not too terribly worried. That I know it will come. I know it, it, it'll provide somehow, some way. Uh, if, if if you just keep going out and seeing enough people, there there will be, you know, there will be a an opportunity there for you, waiting for you somewhere or some way. Uh, it might be it might be a three hundred dollar sale, it might be four hundred dollar sale, but once you once you do get that that sale, whether whether it be a, a Darren Holovich eighteen dollar a month sale or a a Dion Lasoli two hundred dollar a month sale. It it is funny 
how those things definitely propel you to you, you I want to say you make you you're definitely doing your presentation a little different you're uh, you're back in I I don't want to say you do it any different I guess but it it's just I I that's a very hard question to answer because I just I find that whether I make a sale or not, I'm the same person going into that next house. Um, I it's it's hard to explain. I know new eight as a new agent, it's very hard. Um, so, for instance, I used to come home all the time and talk to my wife about all the clients I saw today and all the disgusting things I saw or how crazy these people were, how weird they were. I, it's, it's funny now. I don't really do that because it just becomes, it's all, after so long, it's just, it's the same thing. I mean, it's mundane. I, hey, yeah, had a good day. Oh, hey, it was a bad day. Don't care. Don't worry about it. It'll be fine. Um, but it's very interesting how, how if you just keep going out and seeing the amount of people that, that you can see out there, it, eventually you will, you, you will find that plenty of applications to write. So. I want to hear about... Uh, one of those stories about a disgusting house or a, uh, a particular war story that sticks in your mind that uh, really uh, gives you goosebumps and you definitely don't want to go back there. Well, here, I, I just had one this week and it was, uh, I pulled up to the house because I, I was going to door knock it. Um, the people were leaving and my GPS said this was the house you need to be at and it was a pretty nice house they were leaving in a in a very nice car and i said hey you know i popped out and i said hey are, are is this 2003 you know whatever and they said no that's uh you're at the wrong place you need to go over there a couple miles away and i was like oh okay so i jumped back in my car i drive over there pop out and these two guys, I, I'm, I'm in the house, and it's got fences all around it, cameras, do not trespass, um, and it's not a very nice home. And the uh, two guys pulling up in this car are tattooed up. They're younger, and the, the guy that sent the card back in was 82, and I was like, hey, guys. And they're like, hey, can we help you with something? I'm like, yeah. I talked to him about the guy that sent the card, and he goes, yeah, he's still sleeping right now. But, uh, you you know, call us later or come back later. So I went back later on worried, dead, deathly scared, like because those guys looked frustrated that I was there, like I was kind of infringing on their homestead. And I went back and... A gentleman 
comes out and goes, oh, yeah, no, no, that was, that was my son and his friend. Uh, we've had some home intruders come by lately who tried to, you know, steal stuff, and they're just worried about people coming by. But, no, he's inside. Come on in. Nicest people in the world. Uh, the home was ready to fall down. Uh, it had dogs out there that wanted to kill you. And it uh, just one of those places where you just don't want to spend too much time at and ended up uh, nicest guy, n- nicest guy in the world, wanted $10,000 for his burial, um, 82 80 bucks a month, whatever it was. It's a big and, sale, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, was every bit nice in the world. So it... It's one of those things I I've been into tons of them, and I those are the ones I like. I know it's one thing that uh, I was training a new agent this week, and we pulled up to, to some apartments in in, um, in uh, Wichita, just south of the university, and and he said, "Wow, this this is a rough looking neighborhood." And uh, we walked out with one hundred twenty three dollars, and he was like the same. He says, "Man, you, if I learn nothing, he says you can't judge anything uh, with these <laughs> clients. You can't judge by their home." You can't judge by them. You can't judge by anything until you just sit down and talk with them. No. No, you can't. And that's why it always it always seems like, ah, I just want to throw that lead down on, on my right floorboard. I throw <laughs> all my dead, what if, if I get a bad lead or something, I always throw it down there. But it's only if I don't sell it. But I always those leads, I... I seem to hold back and be like, eh, there's something there. I know there is. It, it's a weird deal. But if I catch that guy at the right time, that there's, there is something there. So, so uh, we know your dad, but uh, describe to us what was your childhood like? What did, uh, what did your parents do? Uh, my dad obviously farmed uh, for a living. My mom was a school teacher. So, um, didn't uh, my dad inherited a farm? So uh, he then tried to obviously increase the farm because what he inherited wasn't a lot to make a a great living off of. It wasn't like he inherited thousands of acres. So he just tried to provide off what what he had and then increase what he had so he, any chance there was an opportunity to buy, you know, any new land or, or rent new land, he, he, he wanted to. Unfortunately, there really wasn't a lot out there to do that with. And so, um, when, you know, I, my, I remember my senior year, uh, high school, I just remember thinking, well, I guess I'll try to stay out here and help Dad and uh, try to, uh, you know, farm. And Mom's like, nope, you're, you're going to college. You need to go to college. And we, <laughs> it was a couple months before college started, and she's like, let's go to, you know, you can go to 4A State. That'll be close. You know, here's, here's your stuff throws it in the back of my car and goes, go. 
get your degree. Don't don't be out here. Don't come out here. It's it's a rough life. And uh, I was like, all right, okay, we'll see you later. And uh, you know, went back and forth. I thought, well, I'll get an ag business degree, and you know, I know about farming. Um, but it, other than that, it was somewhat normal. We lived in the middle of nowhere in western Kansas. I mean, it's all flat land and had cattle and worked a lot of hours and uh, just tried to tried to keep things normal. But in, in no way we, did we grow up, uh, you know, rich or by any means. It was it was a very very modest living. I still remember my dad one time. I wanted a pair of black Nike shoes with a purple stripe down them. And uh, he goes, nope, no, 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 we can't get those right now. We, maybe until we sell some of these cattle, then I'll maybe get you a pair of Nikes. And I was like, are we poor, Dad? And he goes, well, we're not poor, but uh, we certainly aren't rich. And so uh, I was at that point in time, I was like, well, yeah, I kind of. If I ever have kids, I want. I want, I would get them those Nikes, you know. And anyway, that's just one of those childhood memories. I was like, oh, man. We'll talk about one of your childhood memories. I think you told your mom on the way to school one morning you're going to play professional football. Is that right? Uh, yeah. Yep. Yep. Pro football player. I was. Uh, we we went undefeated my eighth grade year of. Uh, football and I told her I'm like mom I and I, well the other thing is at we had six o'clock in the morning running uh, on my after that year we going into my freshman year we had six o'clock in the morning running so I was running with a bunch of the seniors and juniors and sophomores and everything else so uh, weights and running at six o'clock in the morning so I think Tuesdays, Thursdays were running, and Monday, Wednesday, Fridays were weights. I went to the running one day, and I smoked all the seniors on on just one run. Like, it was 40-yard dash or 60-yard dash, and uh, the coach started yelling at the seniors, you're letting an eighth grader beat you guys? And this is after we ran quite a bit, and... I remember thinking, yeah, I got him. <laughs> and that's when, like, the next time Mom was taking us to the to the running, I'm like, Mom, I, I think I'm pretty sure I'm going to be playing pro football one of these days. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, they they beat me up quite a bit my <laughs> freshman year. So. You don't want to beat on the seniors. No. Don't no, embarrass no. the seniors. So uh, in, in your mind, who's the most successful person you know and why? Oh man, uh, golly, most successful. God. It's going to seem like a left turn, but surprise. Yeah, um, you know, I always say, I always look at the successful people around me. Um, uh, they they might not be the most successful, uh, you know, money monetarily wise, but uh, just just the I've got my brother in law who's got. Eight kids, you know. He is he he does well financially. He also does well spiritually. 
Uh, and so I, I look at him. I look at, uh, you know, obviously Jim. Um, I look at uh, Botch uh, raising three kids, you know, in Wichita, Kansas. Um, I always look at those guys and and am very pr- proud, I guess, as as to what they do, you know, for the family. Um, it, my my brother-in-law here that has the eight children, he he's in sales as well, but his life is his sales job is he's he's out on the road, you know, four days a week. He gets back on Fridays at six o'clock at night, and the kids, you know, obviously welcome him with big hugs, but it's just like, uh, you know, finally back home, you know. Uh, he gets great vacation time and things where there's times he's home all week long, but most of the time he's gone. And it's one of those things where you look at that, especially during summertime when we're starting to play baseball, which is my favorite sport and my kids' favorite sport. And you got to start, you know, you got coaches. You know, I coach two teams. Um, you you need that. Uh, you need to be home. You got to be home by five thirty every night, or six or six thirty, and not every night, but three, four nights a week. And he can't do that anymore, you know, because he's gone. And so he used to coach. Now he doesn't. And that's one thing I I keep looking at, thinking, man. I, 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 there's no way I could ever do that. You know, I, I would want to be home. I'll, I'll work five days a week when the kids are in college, you know, but I'm not now. There's no way. So, um, it's very rewarding to me to, to see those guys out there doing that. The financial, like he's very successful, does well, makes great money takes care of, you know, his kids, but it's just one of those things where, uh, man, it's very hard, very very rewarding to me to see that uh, I'm working, you know, for a kind of a, I'm working more <laughs> at a recreational level and, and a, yeah, business level, uh, I don't know. It, you might run a rewind that one, Tucker. <laughs> no, you're fine. You're, you're kind of already answering my next question, but I didn't know if you wanted to add anything to it. Um, the question is, what are you passionate about? And we used we used to ask this at our um, conferences and stuff. And you know, we go around the room and everybody'd say, you know, I'm passionate about life insurance, or I'm passionate about helping people. And, um, you know, that's not what I, I hear from you. That's the thing that we do to, you know, make ends meet and, and pay the mortgage and stuff. But what are you passionate about after you're, you've hit your goal and you're done for the week? What do you enjoy doing? Uh, yeah, I was going to say the least thing I'm passionate about is life insurance. <laughs> Amen to that. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, it's, it's coaching. It's kids, uh, especially just, I wouldn't say mentoring or anything. It's just I I love to be able to get out there on a field with kids on baseball and 
it's like there's no worries in the world. Um, you, you don't worry about how much you sold that week, how much money you're going to make next week, how much, you know, it, it's like, okay, here we go. Let's try to figure out how to win here. How, let's try to figure out this winning. Uh, I'll figure out winning the, you know, winning the clients over next week. Um, I want to figure out let's how how are we going to beat beat the team next week. Um, that that's the most important thing. And of course, the kids love it. Uh, practicing is another thing because, you know, you gotta you gotta practice with your kids to to you gotta find time to practice with your kids to make them you know, be able to have the opportunity to be good or, or gain a position in in the team and that that's another most important thing to me. I'm I'm very passionate about making sure my kids are good at at sports, not just baseball but basketball. Um, right now they're they're young enough where nobody's in football or volleyball but um, they're very, very sports oriented. And that's what I love about them. And the other thing is, you know, it's not a bad thing because I, when they were younger, I never really did anything uh, because they, they weren't in the sports. And now that they are, it's nice because it just gives you those extra things to do. Um, I mean, the other day, I was, I'd never worked out more in my life uh, than catching uh ground balls and fly balls from my kids hitting. And so it's 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 amazing what that provided me to be able to go out there and do that. And so so like today's Friday and I've got Friday, Saturday, Sunday pretty much off. I've got to I'm gonna work a little bit on Sunday making phone calls, but uh I told Liz, I'm like Friday, I go today, I'm going out, I'm buying a bat and I'm buying a bunch of balls. And I go, when the kids get home from school, we're going down to the field, and we're hitting. We're, you know, at, I, I want to be down there by four. And I go, so can you get can you get George? Because the last time I brought him down there, he was crawling in a mud hole <laughs> and trying to go out on the street. And I couldn't, I couldn't quite have my focus on the other two. But yeah. uh, anyway... With that being said, that that is my passion. I I want to be able to to be there for obviously watch my kids grow up, and then you know that that's always been my passion. Yeah. Babies and are cute and all, and they're fun. But yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to my kids getting a little bit older to do some of those you know ground balls and and pop flies, play and catch, stuff. throw a football around, yeah, yeah. yeah. dirt bikes. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, paintball. So, yeah, there you go. So uh, it it's interesting listening to that. Um, so the question is, what does goal setting look like for you personally? And I mean, I heard it just in, you know, we're gonna we're gonna hit today, and I want to be started by four. And it's just a little goal, but um, you know, talk about your your business, and then also just you know your kids and things. What goals do you have you know obviously my my first goal is is family but or god um i second to that uh 
here's where business comes in to me. Um, I am very terrible at actually setting long-term goals. Uh, I'm, I'm, that would be, if I was in an interview right now with, with a company that was going to offer me $500,000 a year, they would say, what's your worst, you know, what's your worst trait, what's your worst? I would be like, set, setting goals. Setting goals is terrible for me until, until I am ready to go to work. And then my goals are, are, are there. I, I, I'm very bad at procrastinating, and I, this is one of the things where I don't know, like very few, I would say very few people who have my traits as far as goal setting and procrastination probably would not be in this business very long as I've been. Um, I, I, I'm a very bad procrastinator. I, I, I don't set my goals for the week, for the month, for the, for the year until it's time. And, and I should do a better job of that. Um, but when it is time to do it, I mean, I'm very serious. I'm very focused. I know that my time out on the field is very limited and I got to make the most of it. So the, I mean, for instance, the other day, my first appointment wasn't until 11 o'clock. I was very little frustrated. I, Liz was like, oh, what time do you have to leave tomorrow? I'm like, well, technically not till 9.30, but I, I kind of want to leave a little earlier. And the reason I want to do that, it's, it's not because I have any appointment. It's because I, I, I need to get that mindset to, well, there's door knock here. I got a door knock over here I could do before that one got these door knocks, I've got these people over here, I've got a call to make to this client. I mean, there's just those things, those, those small things you got to do. It's funny, though, if I'm at home, I have a very hard time doing those. It, it, it's family time when I'm at home. And it's when I'm in my car or my office, I'm on the phone, I'm seeing appointments, it's the same thing I've heard Jim say. <laughs> Sue asked me to go to Walmart to try to pick something up. No. Nope. I can't buy. Same thing. I do the exact same thing. My my wife will be or my wife's mom most of the time. Hey, are you are are you in Lawrence or Kansas City? Can you go to this and pick um, no. <laughs> no. No. Tell her no. Absolutely not. Um so it's, I don't know, my, my goal setting is terrible. Uh, I don't sit down and write them down, which I should. My goal is I see my leads, I, I write my notes on them, I know how money comes in our checking account, and I know that that's, that's the main reason they, that money comes in, and that, <laughs> that, is, that is my goal right there is to go see everyone and and, and go write them a policy if I can. What's the hardest part of the business for you? For me, it's appointment setting, and I will procrastinate all day long to avoid calling. Um, I don't really procrastinate on anything else, but that's my number one. <laughs> oh, that's definitely my number one. That's why I don't do appointment setting. I, I door knock. I was going to say, how do you overcome that? But there, there it is. Uh, right, right there. Now, Sunday, this Sunday is going to be my first day that I've appointment set it in a long time. And it's only because I have 
I've got like 85 new leads and I can't get to them all by door knocking. Nice. And so I'm just going to, I'm going to call them and set them. And then I'm going to door knock the rest that I can't get. Uh, so I, I will, uh, I, I, there's no fear in me for door knocking. I, it's my favorite because no matter what kind of home I, I'm walking up to or what, kind of person I'm walking up to, a smile on your face, and, hey, you know, Mrs. Smith, you know, you sent this card back to me requesting information. How can I have just, it, it's, it's amazing the difference in that situation versus somebody over the phone that they don't know. And so I, that's why I do that more than than calling on the phone, calling on the phone will just save just saves you a lot more time, and that's actually how I, if I can't door knock them and get them, I'll, I'll call them, and I've set many appointments doing that. I just just like door knocking better and seeing them in person. Um, do you have a, a favorite failure? And I don't just mean like in insurance, but just something in your life where you look back and said, man, I really screwed that up, but I'm glad I did, uh, you know, because it, it led me here. Yeah, uh, I've got more than one. Uh, <laughs> I've got, you know, because I, 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 I've said this before, but I've got the the failure on – Right, right. Coming out of college, I remember it. Every, you know, hey, it's time to interview. It's time to start getting jobs for the future. And I remember getting in interviews, just thinking, man, these are ter- terrible. Inter- I don't want to go work for that company. I don't want to do that. I finally went to Wichita, Kansas, one time and uh, interviewed with a company, and it was a uh, selling ATMs. And this is before there was an ATM in every gas station and and bank and and everything and you could you could make some decent money if you would travel around and sell those things and i got the job right on the spot the guy just showed me he showed me how to give an interview if you got in to a gas station manager or the gas station owner or the the bar owner or whatever place you were selling he showed me how to give that presentation and there was a flip chart very nice and uh the problem is he never showed me how to get in to the place, and so I failed very miserably at that. I never, never was able to get into a place except for one place, and then, of course, the guy, I, I got into a bar of the Golden Q, and the guy told me, no, yeah, I need to think about this. Of course, he never showed me how to rebut, a, a, I need to think about it, or a, it was just, oh. Okay, see you later. All right. Um, you know, after that, I I failed at that. I failed. My next sales position was at selling windows, doors, home improvements, siding, guttering, all of those things. Um, I had a, a manager that was pretty good at it but never really got into a presentation that was very good because 9-11 just happened and uh, – we, everybody, nobody was buying anything, according to him. That's that's what he said. Well, nobody wants to buy anything because of 9-11, and we might as well just give up. And Well, sure enough, the company just gave up, 
and, and packed up and left Hayes. And so I was left again sitting there going, well, what do I do now? Um, and then I finally went, uh, my mom came and got me and made me move to Wichita and said, you're going to find a job somewhere here. And I found a job and, and ended up being a loan officer for for a lending company for about five, six years and uh, somewhat successful there. But uh, it, it was funny. They, they at least had a little structure. It, you were underneath a manager that nonstop basically did everything for you and so told you how to call someone, told you how to sell a, a something, told you how to do this, told you how to do that. It was one of those things where I was I was doing okay, but I I never really liked it. It was just, oh, okay, yeah, all right. But with that being said, I, I, I had many failures before I ever started final expense and, or, or even getting into life insurance before, so I, or health insurance for that, for that matter. And so I knew, I knew what it took finally, I guess. I, I knew that you couldn't just go into to, to sales and kind of, okay, well, here I am. Uh, what do I do now? And expect someone to kind of do it for you. Uh, you kind of need, kind of need to, to do it yourself. So you've been successful. Um, when you go out, Every week after you've hit your goal, do you still have the elation to say, yeah, I, I did it again another week? Or um, is it just kind of expected now? Uh, like you said, you can't show up and, and have somebody do it for you. But uh, at the end, when, once you've hit your goal and you're, you're kind of done for the week, are you? Are you oh, I'm, 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 elate. <laughs> I'm very elated. I'm, <laughs> I'm very excited. You know, a lot of yahoos going on. Oh yeah, yeah. I'll call my wife. Sometimes I just stop my car and jump out and <laughs> do the the shuffle, and then get back in and start driving again. Uh, no, it that is something that still excites me today. I I don't think a, I might be seventy years old doing this, and I might still get excited. So, uh, I that that thing is. I, I don't even if I sell. Three policies, I might get excited. I'm I'm excited after every policy, I I sell because that's another client that, you know, that's just another client that's providing, you know, a, an income stream for for a long time, really. So. Well, when Tucker asked me that question, you know, I've done this for 29 years. And he said, you still get elated? I said, are you kidding me? I said, as hard as this business is, I said, yes, I still get elated because it's, until people get in this business and really work it as hard as we do, um, yeah, it is a huge relief yeah. when you're done. Well, and I was, I, I was just thinking about this earlier. You know, I I worked many times. Uh, there would need fence need to be built, and I would, I mean, I'd be out hammering in posts for ten hours a day, going home, and I was I was tired. I was very tired. I come home. From selling final expense, if if I'm out eight nine hours a day, I'm coming home and I, my body's not necessarily tired, but I'm drained. I, it's it's amazing that that how one day can it 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 works you. It yeah, works you. 
I remember when uh, when Devin started with us, and uh, he was he was a plumber, and he was working ten and twelve hours days as a plumber, and uh, and he rode along with me and called me after that day. He's like, man. I am drained and I didn't even work. I just rode along with you. And he said, I, I never thought, you know, after plumbing for 10 or 12 hours a day that, that selling insurance would drain me like it does. Oh, uh, very first time I went out with Jim and (laughs) I was, I was like, Oh my goodness. Our last appointment stood us up, which he didn't care because he was already over 5,000. And we kind of sat and waited to see if they would come back, but didn't. And so this is like at 8 o'clock at night. And uh, Jim's like, hey, all right. Yeah, you want to go get some dinner over here? Uh, know a good barbecue place. And I was like, and I just went ahead and said yes. But I'm like, oh, man, Jim, I'm drained, and I didn't even do anything. <laughs> but I, I was like, okay, all right, let's go. So uh, contentment versus drive, I, I think, are kind of opposing forces. Um, what drives you to get out of the house and, and go knock on doors every week? Uh, well, obviously, I need an income. <laughs> the banker. Um, but, uh, you know, I there's something about it that I don't know if it's an ego or, or what it is. Um, this is this is this is my business. You know, I, I don't, I've always been one that's been very proud of, I, I don't want to say proud of myself in any means, but I want to be proud of my business. I want to be, uh, you know, that this is, this is my baby here and I, I don't want it to fail. And so I need, you know, when, when I, when I go out, um, I'm excited about it. I, I want this thing to work. I, you know, I, I don't want to have to go get a job uh, at, you know, I, I, even if it's one of those things. I, I've been offered jobs at the bank, not but three, four years ago, came to me and said, hey, we need a loan officer here. Can you come in? And, you know, we, we want to interview you. And that was their call to me. And I said, uh, you know, and this is back when I was newer in the final expense business, but I still knew what opportunity was, was ahead of me. And I'm like, so, so what hours, what, what days is it? Monday through Friday, you know, 8 to, eight to 5, Saturdays 8 to noon. And I was like, <laughs> no way. Are you kidding me? That is painful. Yeah. Uh, I was like, you know, I, I – now that I've seen what's out there, I, I know what's out there in, in, in quite a bit of other places because I've been approached in, in other sales industries too, and I'm just like, no, I, 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 don't, want, I don't want that. I can, I can do that with my own business. This is my, this is my thing. I, I can do it myself. So I don't need a, a corporation to, to write me a W-2 or give me a, a paid credit card to – you know, go spend five days in, you know, Des Moines or what, I don't know, wherever it is that they need to sell stuff to. And I, I'm just, I'm, I'm fine with where I'm at. And I, I've come to, I've come to figure that out long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. 
I got a call from one of our, our bigger carriers yesterday and, and the guy was asking me, so, uh, you know, which, which of our lines do you sell? I said, uh, the final expense. And he was kind of quiet. He said, is that all? I said, yeah, that's it. And he goes, have you thought about any of the other ones? I said, nope. It's all we need to do. So, um, you kind of touched on this earlier, uh, contentment versus drive. What gives you contentment now? Okay. Uh, contentment, I, I would say being able to, I guess, be at home, um, when I, when I need to be, being able to take care of, you know, kids, um, being able to be with family. Uh, you know, my, my wife, she works at her parents' greenhouse business, so you should see how that is. Um, they just had a, quite a decent discussion not too long ago um, because it's Easter, and her parents can't come to Easter dinner because they're too busy at the greenhouse getting stuff ready, loading trucks. And it's one of those things where you got, you know, your grandma and grandpa aren't there because, and they're, what, 65 and 64, you know, out loading trucks with employees trying to, to manage a business that, you know, is, you know, could could be, yeah, it, it, it's, it's a long deal, long story. I mean, it's a great business, but it's just, it's one of those things where I don't necessarily, I don't want to be in that, I want to position, I want to be able to, you know, if Easter comes around, if, you know, my daughter's just getting ready to uh, go through her first communion, and, I mean, that's a big deal, that's, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be out doing stuff on that day, and my, I guarantee my wife won't either. Um, it's it's contentment. Uh, I'm very con- content with with what I do because of the time it allows me to to do the things with my children and my wife that that I'm able to do. And then when it's time to go to work, it's it's time to go to work. I'm, I'm not very content with work. I would I will give you that. I'm, I'm very content. <laughs> with with what I'm doing, you know, while I'm away from work. And thankfully, that's a lot of time. So we, uh, we have to ask a lot of sensitive or personal questions in the house and stuff. How have you perfected this, and, and has that carried over to asking questions in everyday life too? Um, you know, that, that's funny. I, I, I start out every conversation about the same um, to, to try to be able to build a sense of commonality or a, a sense of, uh, oh, trust with, with, with clients in, in every situation that you can. Of course, everyone's, every situation is different, but some are more forthcoming and some, some are not. But um, w- with that being said, uh, I always like to – figure out where the people are from, where they come from, why are they here, how many, you know, do they, do they have children? You know, that a lot of times can can make me decide whether or not they're interested in life insurance or not because if 
if you're not from there and you have no family, obviously, why do you even need life insurance? Some people still want it, but they don't really necessarily need it. Um, so I, I ask the same set of questions pretty much to every person, which, which is nice because it also starts conversation flowing and can also, you know, get a, a sense of commonality between us. And so it makes it a little, in my eyes, it makes it a little less, uh, I guess, prying. Um, you're not prying into the person's financial situation, which we already know is usually destitute. But um, you're, you're not so much prying. You're you're more you're you're more conversating with them, and that there's there's a I guess there's a very a means to that 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 people can relate to I I think a lot better it then once you're you're past that conversating point you can kind of go into their you know financial situation it it's funny I especially with older people the the 70 year old or older um, they're very leery of giving you anything and I just yesterday was in front of that 75 year old lady that she didn't want to give me anything after after conversating with her for a while she was she told me how much she got from her pension how much she got from her life insurance or from her uh, social security uh, uh, just it's just funny it, it a lot of its time with some people um, other people it's it's uh, it's not time but with with me being said after I saw on my very first Time running out with Jim doing it, um, I, I was uncomfortable. I, and after so many times, it's like, okay, you, you got to get through that. That's just something that's <laughs> in this business. Unfortunately, you're you're going to have to do it. So hard to get paid if you don't have the information. Exactly, and it, it's funny because uh, I listen to Dave Ramsey quite a bit, and of course he's getting call-ins. But he'll be straight up. Okay, what's your income? What's your family income? Yeah, and they're talking to make? millions of people. This, that, and it's like they just default it. And I'm like, golly, I have a hard time getting that from clients. Yeah, and they're telling it to millions of people. Oh, I know. I know. Yeah, exactly. So um, if you could go back and, and talk to your, let's say, 23-year-old self or 25-year-old self, how old are you now? 39. And you could give yourself one piece of advice at 25 years old. What would you tell yourself? Oh, save more money. Um, do not go out and, I don't know, I do crazy stuff, uh, which I didn't ever really do too many crazy things, but um, just work hard and never go away from your family values it it seems like a lot of times you're you're very family oriented you know it 17 and a half 18 years old and then all of a sudden you go away to college and it's like you get mixed in with a, a bunch of people who are a little more crazy from bigger cities or you know they 
they just don't have the same value system as you do, and you kind of get off track a little bit. And and I probably did that uh, until later in college when I when I met old Foch. <laughs> Uh, you kind of get back into the same thing where it's like, okay, yeah, it's time to grow up a little here. And anyway, I, I would tell myself to, to be try to be grown up at even 20 or 21 or 22 and and not be the kid anymore if I, if I could be. Because I think I was still a kid at 25. <laughs> I really didn't grow up till about 27. So <laughs> What... Uh... What what do you think you would tell yourself now if you were old and gray and retired and you're 80 years old and uh, you know got grandkids running all over the place? Uh, what advice would you give yourself now? I would say, good job, buddy. Uh, you know, at that point, I'm just thankful I'm alive uh, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> keep up the good work and. Heck, I might be working a day a week when I'm 80. So uh, we'll see what happens. All right. We're about to get to some quick draw questions, but I got one more here. Um, Last time, I think it was the last time we talked, uh, in person anyway, you had this awesome system for gambling. Uh, (laughs) Tell me about that. How does that work? Okay. It's easy. (laughs) Sucker. Uh, And I haven't used it for a long time. i haven't needed to, right? You made so much money last I, time. I made, I, I did actually make quite a bit of money on it, uh, to be honest. But you can, you can still lose, obviously. But it's, it's you got to, you got to get to a blackjack table where you can find a five dollar minimum, and you bet your five dollars. If you lose, you bet your ten. Right, and if you lose that, you bet your uh, twenty. That way, you make back all the money you lost plus five. If you lose that, you bet your forty. That way, you make all back all your money plus five. If you lose that, you bet 80. You make all your money back plus five. You lose that, you make 160. Lose all or make all your money back but five and make five. Um, it just keeps going. The problem is I would get scared uh, when I got up to the bigger bets like 160, 320. Um, when I had to bet 320, I would start wavering, uh, shaking my hands uh, out there, and I would only bet like I would maybe stick out 50 knowing that the odds are you're not going to lose that many in a row. And I would win that one. And I would just be so mad. <laughs> but the funny thing is when we were in Atlantis doing that, I I think I won $1,200 doing it. I just – it's one of those things you have to be able to – you have to have time at a at a table and because you're only going to win money if you have time there. Um, so – I had a lot of time in Atlantis. Uh, I would get up early in the morning and go down there, <laughs> and sit at a sit at a table and and gamble. Liz isn't a big fan of gambling, so and I'm not either. So anymore, but I think I've finally won back about one eighty fifth of the money that I've lost. So. All right, quick draw. Hopefully your answers don't have to be quick, but hopefully the questions are a little bit quicker. Uh, what's one experience you think everyone uh, needs to try at least once? Craig's gambling scheme. <laughs> um, one experience everybody needs to try once? Is That's that it. what you said, Tucker? Yep. Okay. Um, I would say, golly, I'm not a big 
Why, why would I be so hard on that? You should go to the uh, boat. You should go to the boats with Bill and, and Dion and Vach. That's what you should uh, do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and Alvin, uh, I'm trying to think. I, I, I would say parasailing. I, it's not a big deal, but it scared scared me to death. So. <laughs> That's a good one. Um, are there any books that you've read multiple times or books you find uh, gifting often or telling somebody, hey, you got to read, you got to check this one out? Um, uh, I will say the skin. I, I never, I've read two books in my life. Uh, one was Lou Gehrig and one was Babe Ruth. <laughs> and uh, I loved them. I'll read them again today if I have to. I've never, like even through college and high school, I skimmed through books. I never read a, I never read one full fully all the way through. Um, so Lou Gehrig, Babe Ruth, and I still I still got three point eight five in high school. So it intrigues me, and I don't know how many we've done what twelve or fourteen of these podcasts, and the common denominator to that question is I don't read. I mean, it, and it's not just you, Craig. It's it's Darren, it's Bill, uh, Logan, or not Logan, but Ryan. You know, it just intrigues me how successful you folks are in business, uh, and you and you don't read. I mean, it just intrigues me. Yeah, I just think how successful you'd be if you were reading something. <laughs> no, well, <laughs> holy we mackerel! From, we get enough, I think. From I, I mean, there's articles. I guess I read articles and stuff. I, which which is kind of what I think you need to do in this business. But it's it's one of those things. I I just. When I go up to go to bed, Liz, Liz is reading always, and she's reading a book, and I'm, I'm like, ah, ah. <laughs> and my head hits that pillow. I'm, it's about done. five minutes, and I'm done. <laughs> Do you have any uh, specific uh, rituals before your head hits that pillow and you're out? I pray a little bit, and then I uh, will always, you know, drink a glass of water, but. Um, kiss the kids goodnight. That's about it. How about in the morning? Do you have any specific morning rituals or uh, routines that you do every morning? Uh, it's, it's up at 630, typically. Um, and then round the, the kids up and start breakfast. And No, I mean, that's, that's about as routine as you get. Uh, feed them and get them in the car and Taking to school right now is, is is about it. Now, come summer, which will be nice, um, we can sleep in a little longer. But uh, the kids are usually up at six thirty anyway. All of them, they they're up and bothering us, and it's all right. Let's go. Yeah, mine don't sleep in either. Do you? Uh, if you're not having waffles, what do you usually have? Um, you know what's funny? I don't eat until about 10.30. And so I, I usually just drink water and coffee till about 10.30. Um, at 10.30, I'm, I'm eating lunch, kind of. Uh, so the other day, I had the, the new uh, Italian hero from Subway uh, at 10. I mean, nobody was in there. That's what's awesome. And I just ate that foot long all by myself. <laughs> Fresh baked bread. You had the first one out of the oven. Yes, absolutely. 
<laughs> Do you have any uh, quotes, sayings, mantras, anything that are a constant reminder for you? Uh, yeah, I've still got it on my car with 207,000 miles on it, uh, 4,000 or bust. Uh, that's, that's it. Just do it. Yep. Perfect. What are uh, one to two things that people can do uh, that would have a drastic impact on their lives in the next week or so? Say that again, Tucker. What's one to two things that people could do in the next week or so that would have a drastic impact on their life? Uh, probably set goals if they haven't. <laughs> um, uh, Speaking from experience, huh? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'll do it one of these days. I'm just. Well, I was going to tell you when you were saying that, Craig, I, you know, I set one goal. Uh, every week, and that's to hit my goal. I mean, it's to hit my production goal, and and I've been able to maintain and obtain pretty much everything in life that I've ever wanted to obtain. And and I think a lot of people do look at this. Oh, I got to have a goal every week, every every you know every month, every year, every five years. I got to figure out a goal when I'm 65. And and uh, you know, really, if we, if we hit that four thousand dollars every week, um, man, <laughs> everything else turns out pretty darn fine. I have found that to kind of be the same. Yeah. Do you have any uh, books, podcasts, uh, I guess we talked about books, but uh, websites, resources, anything that you find yourself checking often or um, going back to on a regular basis? You know, I don't. I, I typically I, – I check my email and uh, to make sure everything's good, and I check my regular mail. And other than that, I might get on Facebook every once in a while, but I'll, I'll read – articles um as far as if 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 i see something that pertains to business or um i i like to read those just to see um what what they're talking about why they're talking about it if there's a trend moving in a certain direction uh but other than that no i i do listen to dave ramsey uh i listen to him quite a bit i don't it just seems to kind of always be the same thing. I, I'm not a big yeah, get online and search for stuff guy. He uh, kind of helps keep you in line when yeah. you listen to him all the time. Uh, I got one more question uh, before we get to it, though. Uh, do you have any other, anything to point our listeners to or any ask for the audience for them to do? No. No, I, uh, as far as our audience, I, I would just say, you know, you know, focus on what, what, what you're, you know, interested in, and uh, I would, I would say if, if figure out a way to, to be able to do that if you can, uh, do it. It it takes a lot of work sometimes, but uh, it's. It can be a good life if if you want it to be. I've I've struggled very hard earlier in life, and uh, it seems as if it's getting somewhat a little bit easier as as you get older. If 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 you keep trekking trekking through. Cool. So, uh, what would you like for your personal legacy to be? Um, you know, uh, the the guy. That was dealt many hardships, overcame them, 
and then won a lot of his children's championships in baseball for them <laughs> because he was a great coach. <laughs> Awesome. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Well, hey, thanks for being on here with us. Uh, okay. I had a blast. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Craig. We'll see you. All right. See you. Stop by oneanddonetraining.com. That's the number one, A-N-D-D-O-N-E, training.com. There you'll find our blog, media library, and ongoing training to help with your final expense career. Thanks. We'll see you there.